Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Emily and Joy came today. They have a podcast called Happy Endings with Joy Eileen. And uh, they were really great girls. They came here and uh, did their, Bert and I both did an episode of their podcast, Happy Endings with Joy Eileen. And then we just swapped. They came and did mine. And this podcast went in so many different directions. I was so pleasantly surprised and very moved by this conversation so i think you will be too uh both girls are comics and uh they're sweet and funny and and ambitious and bright and kind of amazing dynamic women so um i hope you enjoy uh this podcast one of the young ladies has written several books i'm going to put a link to her book on my uh website so you can easily find them if you want to read them and check them out. But thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. And I hope you enjoy um, this wife of the party. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at This is fancier. This is all like, this is Bert casted. Yes, yes. I'm just riding on the coattails. There you go. <laughs> Lucky me. I know forever he was like, you should start your own podcast. And I'm like, I don't even know how to push the button on the thing. Like until <laughs> Halston showed up, I was like, I said, I'd, I may as no. well be operating a rocket. <laughs> I have no idea how to do any of this. Girl, uh, make it go. Make it go up. Stuff, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. So Emily yes. and Joy yes. have a podcast called... Happy Endings with Joy Eileen. Nice. <laughs> Happy Endings with Joy Eileen. And what do you do on that podcast? Well, that is where I massage comedians or entertainers or really anyone interesting. And while I'm massaging them, they I interview them. Right. And, and then I was doing it for a while. And then I met Emily. And then she kind of just started asking people, like, do you want to be on this podcast with my friend? And then finally, I'm like, okay, you're the producer now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. and That's cool. Stuck yeah. her in it. And it's good. You get people all loose and relaxed and then stuff, does stuff kind of spill out or do people shut up? No, we've had some, we've had some moments where things are coming out and I'm all, oh, okay. <laughs> happy. Yeah. Happy. We're about the happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I try. I'm like, let's, it's a happy ending, like happy. And then some people will start talking about things and I'm like, oh, this is a 
dark ending. Okay. Oh, well, okay. I'll, we'll have you on again. <laughs> and so you're happy now? <laughs> or we were happy in the beginning? There was How happy some feeling? point. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it goes really dark? Sometimes. Do, why do you think that is? Um, a lot. Okay, this is my explanation. I've been doing massage for 11 years at a chiropractor's mm-hmm. office. And I feel a lot of it is people are looking down. So they're not making eye contact. So I almost feel like it's a sounding board where they just want to speak. They can't see my facial expressions because there are a lot of them. I'm sure. (laughs) Sometimes they say stuff and my face will be very screwy like, okay, that just happened. Right. But they have no idea. There's no judgment because they're looking at the floor. Right. And I almost feel like they're just wanting to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And or they just feel like it's a safe spot. Hopefully, like I people do say that they feel calm around me. I don't know. I'm very anxious person. But um, yeah, so we get, I don't know. I think they just, I, a lot of it, I really don't think they're talking to me. I think they're just talking to talk. Interesting. You think it's like, you remember the, the picture of the therapist where the, the patient's laying on the couch and can't see the therapist? Mm-hmm. I guess there is some kind of theory that not being able to see the therapist, you just start kind of talking and yammering and uh, stuff comes out unexpectedly. I wonder if it's the same theory. I kind of see that because like I said, you know, you take off of people's social cues, like their facial expressions. And, you know, if people are looking a little off, you know, like distant or something, you kind of change your tone or maybe you change the subject. But by not seeing them, you have no idea what they're thinking, what they're judging you, if they're judging you. So you just pour it all out so i wonder if any of it also has to do with the physical release right because you're physically releasing their muscles right not that kind of happy (laughs) people no just muscular just muscular Um, but but stuff's got to come up like emo i I believe you store emotions in your muscles i completely agree right muscles have memory they totally have memory yes um so if you're mucking around in a part where you've stuck something, I wonder if it just knocks it loose and coupled with the fact that they can't, like you say, see the social cues, whatever's happening on your face, they just vomit stuff out. How fascinating. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's fun. That's really awesome. How'd you come up with that idea? I've been, well, I guess I'm not the most professional massage therapist. So for 11 years, I mean, most of the people that I do, they, they're far, they're family. Like I go mm. out to dinner with them. I, they've we've just done things together because I've known them for so long that when I, we just talk and we're laughing and we're having so much fun in the chiropractor's office. And I was just, it, I was trying to find a way into comedy. Yeah. And for the longest time I was just mucking around with open mics and all of that, which I'm still doing, but this was my way of talking to bigger people and hopefully seeing like how quick I can come with witty responses and hopefully like headline for somebody or feature for someone. So it was just my way, but it was frustrating because I was even telling Emily, well, why didn't I think of this sooner? Right. Why didn't it come about sooner? Well, things happen when they're supposed to. Yeah, I think they do. But so what we haven't talked about is the fact that you're both stand-ups. Yes. You both are comics. So you have this podcast Mm -hmm. and you are a massage therapist, but you're both comics. Yes. And you both do open mics? Uh, I'm not. Listen. Yeah. I am. Bert is the comic. (laughs) I don't know completely how the ranking system or pecking order works. So I don't mean to say anything incorrectly. So please don't. 
don't be offended no, if I no, say no, the wrong term because no. I just I just follow Bert's career. <laughs> I don't right. follow anybody else's. I'd like to follow Bert's career. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, I take off my shirt on stage. Yeah, totally. I think I would not, but I mean, <laughs> maybe a tank top. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Think about it. Think about it. You don't have to decide now. No. Yeah. So it's, it's a possibility. Talk to me yeah. about your stand up. Yeah. I mean, we do open mics. Um, Emily got me working at the comedy store, so we're hoping to get in more that way as well. So it's just grinding. Anytime they give us the magic talking stick, we're like, oh, we'll go on stage. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. That's how you do it, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to get up there. I hope so. I I think it it is. It's trial and error. And um, I know from observing Bert, like I said, the only person I really have any intimate knowledge of as a stand-up is Bert. But watching his, you know, progression, because we've been together 17 years. Okay. I think he's been doing comedy for 20. So I've been there for most of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to watch him learn has been really fascinating because back, I didn't know him when he was doing open mics. Right. I knew him when he was opening for people. Okay. So he had stepped up to opening and have a few regular gigs or regular comics that would bring him on to open. And to just watch how he learned, like, to craft, not just a joke, but, like, a 20-minute set. Like, the whole how to craft that was just fascinating. And there's no manual, right? Can you, is there a book? This is how you write a set for stand-up? There probably is, because everybody's going to want to grab onto something like that. But, um, I don't, because everybody's different. Yeah. Like, I... I've noticed I've been going towards the darker comedy mm-hmm. and Emily has been starting to go towards like the storytelling. So mm. yeah. it's all kind of your personality will come out on stage. Right. And you just go with that. Yes. And yeah. kind of strengthen that. Yeah. I think it kind of like for me, a lot of it is I'll be telling stories to another comedian. Mm. We're just talking and they'll go, do you say that on stage? Ah. I'm like, no. And they and Jesus Trejo has been really, really wonderful. He's he goes, awesome. If you don't say that on stage, I'll be mad at you. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. He's, so he's such a great guy. That's really cool because I think that is the way mm-hmm. it works, right? Yeah. You hang out with people who help you figure out. Because I know that's what Bert did too. He would say he would hang out with, you know, Tom Segura and he started at about the same. Yeah. They were at about the same place at the same time in the beginning and they would help each other. You should add this to that joke. Oh, yeah. And there was no, no kind of rivalry or no, you know, I can't help you because you'll get ahead of me. There was none of that. It's such an interesting group. And then I think when you get a little bigger, it changes a bit. Yeah. Where it's less. Um, right comrade <laughs> I, I think so because they have so much more to to deal with than mm. we do when we're just trying to figure out like i think there's something in this bit how do i make it funny and then friends just tagging each other's jokes and riffing right it's it's so much fun and it's great to watch and i love being at the comedy store and watching bigger comedians run over to another one and go hey that joke i think you should say this and then just do what we do right and and joke and laugh about this one thing and just run and say things that you'd never say on stage but you joke about it to find the the pieces that you would say on stage to refine right fine tune and refine 
the store i you know it's so funny mm-hmm. i have not been to the store since um our probably 10 years ago when it was really not doing super well and really yeah. run down before this new manager kind of came in and took over um i can never remember his name adam adam yes yeah. um but it's really become like a mecca for all levels of comics right now yeah am i right yes it is yeah how does that feel to be in that what does that feel like it feels like home yeah yeah Yeah. like when we first went there i was it was before i even decided i wanted to do comedy i was that girl that anytime there was a microphone i would get on it i was the weirdo who would talk at funerals oh i did the (laughs) high school graduation speech for Uh no apparent reason just i was like oh there's a microphone okay and i was watching the comics and i'm like i want to do that i want to do that but when you walk in like emily was saying everybody is so nice Mm. that I'm so awkward and anxious that when I walked in, people recognized that and they were like, oh, she just belongs. Right. And they accepted my awkwardness. And yeah, when you walk in, to me at least, that, and I know Emily feels the same way, yeah. you feel accepted there. You feel at home. That's it's, so cool. It's just like an island of broken toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> misfit toys. The misfit yeah, toys. the island Where of misfit toys. Kinda, <laughs> we just kind of have all of our broken pieces that sort of fit together right there and like <laughs> different damage but everybody gets it mm-hmm. right and then there's every once in a while somebody's like i come from a really good family i don't know why i'm here but i fit oh my gosh <laughs> yeah how funny yeah it's kind bird's of- kind of from a really good family uh, but i have to say uh, i think some comics are broken but i don't think most of them are i think most of them are yeah. uh gifted to filter the world in a different way. Yeah. And then regurgitate that so that we can filter our world in a different way. I think comics have one of the most important jobs on the planet. And that is to not let us stay in our own lane all the time. Right. And in the culture we're in now, if people would relax a little (laughs) and laugh at themselves Mm -hmm. and the other person Mm -hmm. and allow themselves to be laughed at i think we would make a lot of progress no i agree so comics are just they've always been i think a really important part of society and i don't know how you do it (laughs) i'm funny but i'm not i don't write jokes like that like i know i'm like witty funny whatever but i would never get on stage and tell jokes i don't know how burt crafts half the stuff he comes up with i mean like the most mundane thing will happen in our house and he'll have the most amazing joke and I'll uh-huh. go, I didn't even pay attention to that moment. Like I was in that moment and I was like, yeah, that's just a moment in time. And all of a sudden it's, you know, on Netflix and you go, <laughs> how did you do that? Why does your brain work like that? Right. I guess that is a funny thing for like being a, like in the life of a comedian and you go and go, like you have the experience of stories in your life being on Netflix now and going, oh, everybody knows that. Yeah, right. It's true. It is yeah. odd. We're driving home last night, and Bert Bert likes to um, uh, announce his success to our family to the three of us right i am the reason that you go to private school i am the reason that you went to vietnam i am the reason and so last night i was like you know what actually 
we are the reason because we are in every single joke in that last special. So we are just as responsible as you are for <laughs> your success. So can you just keep it like real? We're all equal. We all have a part to play. Yeah. But in his brain, I think he really does think he's like superhero status. Right. You're like, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. What would you talk about? Right. Yeah. If you wouldn't, you well, know. You talk about the lady at Starbucks. Like yeah. things happen. <laughs> yeah. I was just at Starbucks mm-hmm. and I was outside and there was nobody else on the patio and I was writing down jokes and this older lady sat next to me and turned music up on her phone as, and I was listening to Christmas music. It was like perfect. And she turned on this like Zomba jazz medley. Why? And I'm looking at her and I'm going, is this, is this really happening? And in my head, I'm like, how, how do I make this funny? And when Emily came over and we were about to come over here, I walked by her and I go, I hope Santa Claus brings you headphones. And I just kept walking. Oh my gosh. So it's just the, like the silliest things. You're like, okay, how can I fix this? How, how can, can I, I make yeah. this? You know, because even other people were looking at her because other people started sitting down and they're all looking at her and she's just in her own little world. Yeah. And it was so loud. I actually thought Starbucks had turned on the music. I was like, they have a very bad sound system. (laughs) How funny. (laughs) How rude. Yeah. People are so rude. I don't understand that because I'm always conscious of like making other people comfortable. Yeah. And so when I see stuff like that, I'm like, where did you grow up? Like, what happened? Who raised you? A pack yes. of wolves, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who's Not your good. mother? I'd like to have a discussion with her. <laughs> it happens a lot in this city, though, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you're from Canada, Emily. Yeah. Where are you from? You're from here, Joy, I'm from right? Fresno, Madeira area. Okay, yeah. so up... It's not the same as here, Fresno, no, Madeira. No, no, it's different. Yeah. It's more... Is it more conservative? It's... It depends on where you are in Fresno. Because mm. it has Fresno State, which is the really big college. Well big to us and so you had the college kids and all the frat people there so that wasn't conservative but then you had the older part in Fresno which was kind of the richier part so it was just it was very hodgepodge of where yeah little mix of this and that okay so Canada where in Canada Nova Scotia it's on the east coast cold yes (laughs) it's really cold in Nova Scotia isn't it are you so happy to be down here it's I am it's just really weird in my head still that she was like I was listening to Christmas music and unless I see decorations right. it's always June in my head yeah so I'm like oh right Christmas is a thing uh. yeah yeah it is weird isn't it because yeah. I'm not from Nova Scotia but I'm from Georgia and we definitely have seasons yeah you know it gets down to like 30 and sometimes it snows not a lot yeah but at least there's no leaves on the trees you know such a green state and then all of a sudden it's just barren because it's winter yeah and we have spring and we have fall (laughs) and i miss fall i miss fall (laughs) a lot too um the the seasons i think help you mark your life a bit yeah you know, and then when you don't have any, yeah. you go, wait, it's been four years since I've done that. How'd that happen? Because right. you, it's harder to mark your life somehow, even though we still have Christmas and we have still have these kind of markers, so to speak. Yeah. It's not the same as no. when you're walking around in a totally different season. Yeah, it you feels know. more like there is an event as opposed to this time of the year. Right. And right. so it's it's very difficult sometimes still for me. I've I'm been here not quite a year yet but are you kidding yeah i didn't know it was that soon yeah so I, i'll be here a year in january oh my gosh yeah so why'd you move 
Uh, I wanted to do comedy and try to write mm -hmm. and... There's nothing to do in Nova that we have one comedy show. Um, this hour has 22 minutes uh, and it's more like a political parody sort of show. And that's not really what I do. And if I was going to move, I was going to go to somewhere with better weather. Right. So, so uh, don't complain. Yeah. See, I know, but I didn't understand how different, like how weird it would be. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I came and visited here in November and moved in January. It's pretty brave. Did you move by yourself? At first, I, yeah. I moved by myself. Um, and now my daughter's here and we're waiting for You have my a daughter? Husband. I do. How's your daughter? She's 10. Oh my God. Were you <laughs> four when you had her? You look so young. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. <laughs> I was 18. She is young. Okay. So yeah. you were really young. That's yeah. pretty young. Um, she's 10. Yeah. That's so three. cool. Does she like it here? She does. She does. She, she loves it here. And You saw family in Nova Scotia? Uh, I have a brother and a sister that still live there. No parents? Um, my parents moved out here to help me with my, oh, they did. my daughter until my husband can move here. Okay. Yeah. So your husband is back in Nova Scotia? Uh, no. He's from Mexico City. Oh, okay. And so when I moved here, um, he and my daughter Isabel, they moved there um because it was cheaper and it was closer um to mexico city uh, yeah it, okay. to yeah it's closer to to california yeah than nova scotia yeah and it was way cheaper because it's pesos and so they were like oh we'll move here and we'll wait until we can get there okay so isabel is in mexico city uh she just moved here a few months ago oh how exciting yeah so i i have her That's again awesome. <laughs> so happy but he's still in mexico city he's still how's he doing you know, it's it's been a while. It, yeah. I I've been here since January. It's almost a year, and yeah. it's not a good time to try to get Mexicans across the border, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah. And it's Mexico yeah. City's had some some stuff lately, haven't they? They always do. Yeah, but, uh, it, it's just hard because I, we lived there and everything. I I. I lived in Mexico City, but it's difficult when you really, really care about a person that's right. there because right. you're like, I know statistically there's crime everywhere, but you're in a place that everybody talks about how awful it is all the time. Yeah. So it's scary. And yeah. Yeah. How long have you been together? Uh, it's going to be 12 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, How cool. Yeah. I didn't expect any of that story. Yeah. It's so funny. Not that I had any real preconceived notion, but you know, I guess you filter things through your own experience a little bit. I moved to New York not knowing anyone, wanting to be an actor and a writer mm -hmm. and ended up being a writer. Uh, acting was not completely my bag. Um, <laughs> but I just assumed you did the same thing because, you know, you have these unconscious biases, right, where you go, oh, she just moved there. She's totally single and picked up and moved that's yeah. crazy that's even more brave <laughs> we were actually talking about it the other day uh because somebody went you're married i i think there's something about being really ambitious sometimes that comes off as like single energy for women for yeah. sure mm -hmm. and it it's hard because you don't want to be the person like joy and john are always together and so it makes <laughs> sense for her to always be talking about him because he's a part of all of our lives. John is your husband. John Sorry, is my yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but 
mine's not here and he's not in entertainment. He's not really, um, it's hard for him to get comedy because of the language. Right. Um, it's no fun having to have a joke explained to you. Right, right. And so it's kind of just my my space. Right. Um, even though he he's supportive, sure. it, it's hard to to kind of bring those two together. And so I, I, I asked her, I was like, do I have single energy? And she's like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you kind of do. I mean, yeah. I thought you were saying, I had no idea you were married. Like, not a clue, Not didn't sniff it out at all. I'm pretty good at sniffing stuff out. <laughs> so I'm so surprised. Yeah. I mean, pleasantly. Yeah. It's, it's nothing better than, I mean, for, to me, being married's awesome. Yes. When you're married to the right person, right? Yes, because yeah. you don't have to deal. I could not. I don't know how these girls do it. I, The stories they tell, because I end up mm-hmm. the mother figure, and they all come to me, mm-hmm. and the stories they tell, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Right. Like, I can eat cake. I can get fat. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about not eating anymore. Like, right. That's true. And, you know, I think a lot of the best comics male or female, are informed by real-life experiences. And I think if you miss the boat as a woman for being married or being or having a kid, um, or not miss the boat, but I think if it comes after fame, you have a different perspective. Yeah. So I know we have friends who are, quote, struggling with their new kids. They have two nannies. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? When... We had our first kid. Georgia was three days old, and Bert went on the road. Mm-hmm. And I had a three-day-old by mm-hmm. myself, and I worked a job at the same time in my house. So I was working while raising a baby totally by myself. And he was making like 500 bucks a weekend, you know? Yeah. And I think that is actually a gift, I agree. A hundred percent a gift because then you go as highfalutin as Burt Kreischer gets with the, I'm the reason we're (laughs) successful. I'm the reason it's not true. He actually knows that we built this together and we come from the same like playing ground. And I think that is really special for what you two are doing because then whatever you build on top of it, will be solid right it'll yeah. be strong it'll be strong i think when people come to those things after it's a bit maybe oh, but what do i know i've this is my experience is that i built it on top of this from the right. bottom up mm. but when i observe i go wow you, you that's some serious white people problem you got right there <laughs> that, that ain't a problem you have to manage your two nannies really that's not a problem. You don't know what a problem is. That's a problem is you pick a baby up and it throws down your back, throws yeah. it down your back, and you're by yourself. And you got another baby crying, and it's yeah. just too much going on. Oh, who's at my front door? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, but I yeah, John. When Brody, our youngest, was one, John went to Portland, Oregon, for a year, and we had just gotten custody of our oldest son from his crazy mom but she didn't know john was out of the state so we had when i was doing monitored visits because we had to it was crazy when we were doing monitored visits i would have to tell tyler i'm like okay don't lie to your mom but if she asks where daddy is daddy's at work because it's not a lie we just daddy's out of state because we were so afraid she would go to the courts and be like 
they have him, they fought for him, and then he left the country or he left the state. Right. And yeah, so for a full, he was gone eight months and just juggling all of that and pretending everything was fine. It, I get it. It was that was a very strong experience because then I realized I could do it by myself. Right. And then I appreciated John's help when he came back. Well, right. not at first when he came back. I was like, oh my God, go away. I already have my, you know, I had my schedule. You're up, yeah. And he messed it up a lot, but he, and he kept saying, I'm here to help now. Right. And that was when I was like, okay. And you know, you give up a little bit of the control, but yeah, that whole eight months was a growing experience and it made me more comfortable with a mom as a mom. And that's when I decided, oh, I, you know, after we fought for custody of Tyler and we finally got him and we finally got our family situated, then I started looking at myself and I'm like, what would make me happy? Right. So that's when the comedy and the books and everything started to come about. And I know Emily has like different experience, but kind of the same where you go through something and then you build on top of that and you become stronger and you realize you can do more. Right. Right. (laughs) What happened to you that was strong, that made you stronger? Um, I don't know. Like, I I just kind of had a a rough upbringing. Mm -hmm. And then I moved away when I was 17. Mm -hmm. That's where I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And um, while I was pregnant, we were doing his immigration paperwork. um, And... I think it was two or three days after Isabel was born, we were told that he had to leave the the country to get some paperwork. Um, and so when she was like three weeks old, we had to leave her for a month <gasps> or so. Um, and that was, that was hard because like, I have a hard time trusting my family. Yeah. I, um, I was abused by my older half brother. Okay. Like pretty much my entire childhood until I was like 11. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm not going to cry. This is an Oprah. Uh, (laughs) It's okay if you cry. (laughs) Crying is part of life. Yeah. Um, And you deserve to cry. (laughs) It's okay. I would understand why that would be hard. Just, you know, trusting people that you couldn't trust with yourself. Right. And we tried to get her passport to be able to go with us and everything. And could it, it came the day after we left. I was so Are sad. Are you kidding? <laughs> so upset. This is terrible. Oh, I was so upset. And I, like, stupidly, like, teenager. I, have you ever seen the movie Juno? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. It's a girl who gives up her baby for adoption. Mm-hmm. And I was just on the plane just crying and you've just had a baby so you can't even yeah. sit down at that point and, and your emotions are just yeah. wackadoo I was like, she gave up her baby because she wanted to i didn't want to leave mine oh and my god plane like <laughs> 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 and it's so many planes it's like three different planes from where i i'm from in canada to get to mexico city and it was, <laughs> it was the worst thing ever and you want to be able to breastfeed, but you're away so long that like your milk just stops. And How terrible. So, <laughs> so why did you have to go with him? Um, because I was petitioning for him. I see. So I had to be with him. Got it. To get the paperwork done. And you had to go to Mexico City? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I had to go back. What a nightmare. Oh, so sad. I'm so upset. <laughs> but Isabel was okay when you got back. She was fine. She, it, was, it was this weird, like, you know it's your kid, but they change so much so yeah. quickly when they're little that it was kind of a, is it really, did you change her? What happened? <laughs> like, right. Why right. is she so different? <laughs> you were gone for how long? We were gone just over a month. 
That's a long time when they're that little. Yeah. Because you're right. They're a totally different kid when you come back. When mm-hmm. they're first born, they look like, you know, a prune. Yeah, yeah. like old man. Yeah, yeah, like an old man. They're just all pruned up. And, uh-huh. and, and she was a lot darker mm-hmm. when she was first first born and i came back and i was like this is there's no way this is my kid she's she, like her skin lightened up a lot and everything right. and she was chunky because my mom feeds everyone too much and, <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i it was just the, trying to rebond after that it was hard it was i think it came it came easy but it's just trying to i was a young mom anyway and so figuring out how to jump back into being a mom right with uh, this baby you haven't seen for so long that in you were only with her for three weeks and then left for a month mm-hmm. so those first three weeks are very different mm-hmm. than when they're a little, mm-hmm. yeah. a little older you know it's, it's intense and in that you're up all the time and you're feeding them all the time but as they get older they, they are more aware and they, mm-hmm. they can be not harder but it's just different it's very different and to have taken that leap mm-hmm. you know most moms gradually just go from birth to that yeah. you know two month and you just went from like almost one month to two month that's a big leap it was it was hard it was hard on her because I'm sure. they're so little and they're asleep all the time when yeah. they're first born she didn't necessarily remember us i think she knew our voices because babies take that in when even when they're not born yet but it was hard for her figuring out like who are these different people your arms don't feel right right and things like that that makes sense yeah that's a tough mm-hmm. yeah but she's great i like her uh <laughs> so then you were living in nova scotia until a year ago yeah. what were you doing um, before that were you do, do i mean for a living what were you doing I was I did musical theater a lot. Oh, okay. Um, before I found comedy, I had always loved stand up comedy. Yeah. But I didn't know how anybody started stand up. Yeah. Um, and the ones that I really knew about were like Robin Williams and everything. Well, so yeah. I thought it was theater. I thought it was like a one person show. Oh, I see. And so I did a lot of music and acting. Um, and then we owned a bar for a little while. You and your husband? Uh, yeah. That's cool. Like mm-hmm. a music venue and there's comedy shows. That's actually how I found stand up was there when we bought the bar, there was already an open mic being run there. Okay. And I went, Oh, this is how people do this. Oh, <laughs> this is how you start. Oh. And then I watched for a few months and went, I think I think I want to do that. I think I want to try because I never thought I was a funny person. Yeah. I loved comedy, but I didn't think I was funny. And I went to theater school and they kept trying to give me these funny parts. And I went, no, I'm a serious actress. (laughs) I want drama. I want, I want to make people cry. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because, um, when I, my family, uh, was very Mormon. Okay. When I was growing up and in church, um, with you, when you sing and, and perform and things like that, you don't clap. It's, it's not respectful in church. Oh, okay. Um, and so the only way you could make an audience react was either making them laugh or making them cry. Oh, and so okay. I, I still, I still don't like when people applaud. I have a really hard time with that. Um, but the laughing and everything, I, uh, I just, I love it. It's so good. Do you talk about that on stage? You're not have being uncomfortable with people applauding. 
I haven't talked about that, but people have said that I, I should, but I think you should. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's still even strange with me. Like I'll run off stage as soon as I'm done because people are applauding and I'm like, I don't, I don't like this feeling. It's bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus is mad. Jesus is crying. Why? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> so are you still Mormon? No. No. I'm uh, I'm post-Mormon. Post-Mormon. Is that a thing or did you just make that up? No, uh, it's a thing. There's, there's, it's a thing. There's, some, there's a lot of us. <laughs> there, I, I would imagine. Yeah. I've watched a documentary that Imagine Dragons guys did. Did you see that? I haven't. Oh, it was I really can... fascinating. I don't know anything about Mormonism. I grew up Southern Baptist. No Mormons in Georgia that I knew of. Yeah. Um, don't know much about the religion at all. I was really fascinated. I learned a lot from this guy's documentary just trying to put a concert on. Yeah. He just wanted to put it on a concert. And, you know, to have Mormons who were gay mm-hmm. be accepted. Yeah. And um, have some Mormon or post-Mormons who were gay in the entertainment uh, industry and music in particular perform and have the Mormon church recognize it. Yeah. It was pretty intense. I was like, wow, really? Oh. You seriously, really today, really ostracize someone for their sexuality, like to that extent? That's kind of a dirty secret. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like no, that. That's, no. that's not what God is about. In it, my opinion, <laughs> he's about love. He loves everybody. He made the person. I know. So you think the devil came in and made him gay? I don't think so. No, with Mormonism, what happens a lot of the time is that um, there's the belief in the pre-existence. Um, and so what the idea was is that all of the challenges and bad things or good things and uh, that happen in your life, you agreed to before you came to earth. Okay. Um, which isn't the greatest belief to have when you're growing up because when abusive things happen, you think that you agreed to that. That's bad. Yeah. And so you think, well, I just have to figure out how to hack this because I, I loved Heavenly Father so much that I said that this is fine and I'm going to be able to be a good, faithful person and just Whoa. deal with it um, because that was my challenge. Wow. And so it's, um, yeah. And so when they say um, for people that that are gay or trans or anything, they're like, those are feelings that you were given that you're not supposed to act on because that was your challenge. I see. And if you act on them, you're going against, uh, because basically what there is, is you can say you're gay, Mm -hmm. um, but you're not in trouble until you act on it. And so there's a lot of, women that if a man comes out as gay they're like i will take on that challenge and prove that he like he just has gay attraction that's what they call it it's just gay attraction (laughs) oh my gosh yeah and they uh they're like we'll have a family and that's all he needs is he just needs the support system that's my mission is to be able to help him through his gay attraction to straighten him out yeah what a tragedy. Yeah. And what a tragedy that you're, you were taught to apply those teachings to justify something terrible happening for you. Yeah. I mean, there's no justification for that. No, none whatsoever. That yeah. is actually not of God. <laughs> no. it's Doing that to a child is not. No. That's not in any way, shape, or form anybody's lesson. His either, by the way. Yeah. No, that, that was the thing. I'm like, I... The thing that was hard for me is that um, so when you're in the Mormon church, you don't get baptized until you're eight or older. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he was actually the person that baptized me. Mm. What? Yeah, and I remember being in the office that you have to talk to the bishop and different people before you can get baptized, and he had to talk to the bishop before he could baptize me, and I remember being little and thinking, Heavenly Father's gonna tell the bishop what's happening, oh. because the the bishop, they believe they believe um, in modern revelation, mm-hmm. and so I was like, the the bishop's going to know mm-hmm. because the the Holy Ghost is going to speak to him or Heavenly Father is going to tell him and then they're not going to let him baptize me and they're going to help and everything. And then nothing happened oh and God. it was hard for me to understand. I was like, well, I guess it's not time for my lesson to be over. Wow. So, sorry, I'm, just, I'm really sad for that little girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's okay to be sad for that little girl. That little girl carried a lot. Yeah. She carried too much, mm-hmm. more than she should have. And she trusted people that let her down, yeah. including Heavenly Father <laughs> and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Really, because that's yeah. not okay. Yeah. That's not okay. Were your parents not aware? Um, I think there were eight kids in the family, and I think they just... I think people knew things, but it's really easy to ignore signs when there's mm-hmm. so many people. It's hard sometimes, I think, I was just talking about this about over Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's easier to just let the dysfunction continue than confront it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't see it. It just means you choose the path of least resistance, even though, even though not confronting it causes actually more problems in yeah. the long term. The idea of confronting in the now is too much for some people. I yeah, my mom even still has a hard time with it. I I remember because like the they had to get like children's services involved and everything. Oh my god! My, my sister, one of my sisters, actually went and um and older told or younger sister, older older sister. So it was the two of you. Um, no, she just found out about it. Oh, he was only. I think it was it was me and then he was starting with my little sister oh and um my I feel really bad about it my little sister said something to me Mm -hmm. and I said we just have to keep it a secret Mm. oh and but she told one of my older sisters good and he probably led you to believe that right yeah yeah and, and just everything about those things happening makes you want to be secret and growing up in a very you know, religious conservative household also you feel like you're the bad person mm-hmm. in it right because nobody talks about oh people only talk about sin but they don't talk about sin happening to people right they talk about people inviting sin in or not listening to the holy ghost or things like right. that and so no one's taught to defend themselves you're taught to accept responsibility for everything, it sounds yeah. like. And to repent. And God, this sounds a lot like Southern Baptist. <laughs> oh. Guilt. <laughs> repent. <laughs> that right. you were born, you were born of sin. You yeah. shall repent until the day you die. Yeah, I heard that yeah. over and over again. So. And I was like, really? I don't think God meant for something that feels that good to be sinful. Right. <laughs> Call me crazy. But um, he probably liked it a little bit too. Uh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> he probably went, you guys are going to love this one thing. Yeah. And it happens to make babies. <laughs> yeah, so so. Um, here you go. Oops. I, you know, I, what a brave person you are. Uh, you know, sexual assault on a child 
causes the child to take on so many responsibilities that aren't their own and to personify shame. Yeah. I feel like shame is is one of the hardest things to overcome. And when you're talking about you feel so sad for that little girl. I feel sad for that little girl too because you feel like there's so much shame that didn't belong to you mm-hmm. that you just accept and you feel like well definitely this is my fault. Yeah. Definitely this is something I've done. Definitely I shouldn't tell anybody because he'll get in trouble. And I don't want you know the the hard thing I too I think about family mm-hmm. stuff is that it's co- so complicated because there's probably part of you that loved your half brother yeah. that that wanted him to be normal that wanted to, this to not be happening that would have done yeah. anything for this to have stopped so that you had a regular brother not yeah. just but what was being done to you but because you want or i'm this is all speculation on my part i was never assaulted in this way as a child but you would want everybody to be happy and it all to be mm-hmm. good and anything it takes to keep the peace and all those things are just so much a little girl should not have to deal with yeah and i think when you're little it's so much easier for you to just turn it off right like to to just imagine things away right and it wasn't until i was 14 or 15 like george's age yeah where i it was the first time I really remember being depressed. Oh, yeah. Like really feeling it. Uh-huh. Because being assaulted as a kid, like it's hard, but also when it's a family thing, it feels gross and dirty. Right, right. And like kids are so mean to each other. It's not something that you talk about. And even right. if you did, you're like, oh, people are going to say I'm I'm gross. Right. Or something because it's a family thing. And that's right. just it's it feels not judging like you know everything's awful anything's awful yes but that that just feels even worse it's another layer sometimes mm-hmm. for me it yeah. felt worse because, i could understand that yeah. it seems like another layer because then there's a judgment on you maybe or yeah. on him or on your whole family whole tribe family, yeah. that these people are not okay people or they're mm-hmm. gross like you said um and i would think too it would make the healing more complicated yeah, because you're with the people that you're also upset at. That you're exactly. like, you didn't protect me and you're still not responding in the way that I feel like I need you to. Right. Even as uh, growing up, they, they made us go to um, to see a counselor, but my parents were very much not happy with that Mm. um, because it wasn't a church counselor. I see. And so the whole way there, I remember her saying, we say that we forgave already that, you know, it, that we believe that heavenly father is going to, he takes care of it. He's the one that judges. I love my brother and everything's fine. And so I would just sit in a room with this counselor and not say anything. Oh my God. My stomach is burning. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's just what you were taught. Yeah. That's just what we were taught. And my, my parents are better now because I set limits to what they can do with my daughter, but I still have a lot of, I very quickly in my head, I'm like, oh, I could never speak to my mother again and be fine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. As Bert flashes us through the glass door. Perfect timing, babe. Perfect timing. Yeah, Yeah. perfect timing. No, 
oh. <laughs> we were just in a very serious conversation, and then you sorry. flashed. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It was probably needed to be done. It was anyway. a levity. It was a levity. Yeah. A little gear shifter. It. How you doing? Uh-huh. Uh, no. Did you just get back from spin class? Yeah. You're shaky. A little shaky. You know why? Because you drank so much wine this weekend. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like putting on my seatbelt. Can you hear me? I'm putting on my seatbelt. And my hand's shaking. I feel like Michael J. Fox. Like, I'm like, <laughs> shaky, shaky. That's how I felt yesterday. <laughs> oh, 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 fuck. I'm, I'm on the wagon. Are you? I'm like, on the wagon, All afternoon. Too. We went wine tasting Ooh. for Ooh. Thanksgiving. You're on the wagon? All afternoon. All, All afternoon. <laughs> what time is it? But, uh, but. Uh, is it afternoon <laughs> yet? Over, I don't even it? know. So wait, what were you saying? Tell them about wine I was wine saying tasting. we went wine tasting, and um, I am not meant for that sport. <laughs> that sport is not meant for me. And, uh, yeah, I was I was uh, completely hammered by the second vineyard. We had three. And then by the third vineyard, we literally took the bus home. I walked in the door, went out on the couch, and passed out. And I haven't passed out in probably 10, 12 years. 12 mm. years. It was the last time I passed out. It was right before I got pregnant with Isla. So 12 years ago. Yeah, it was see, the last time so I got that drunk. Really it was awful. Yeah, and that's I, how I like it. I need a raper if that's what everyone's asking. No, no. But I mean, I was like, I have to lay down or I'm yeah. going to fall down. And then I couldn't sleep all night because I had some kind of allergic reaction. My whole chest broke out. Yeah. And, and I was like shaky like he's talking about. And it was like my brain was like worrying. I wasn't even thinking thoughts. It just sounded like so I was like, I'm just going to read. I feel like, did someone roofie me at this wine tasting? I don't know what's happening. Bert, did you roofie her? No, no. And then yesterday I was a bit of a mess. <laughs> I was Bill like, Cosby's? oh my God. Joy Bill cosby me at Thanksgiving. I didn't she, put a pill in it. I just she, put alcohol no, in oh it. Oh my she, God. I, I had alcohol for the first time at Thanksgiving. Oh, for sorry, the first time? <laughs> that was the first time ever? Yeah. It was my fault. Oh, walk me through this. <laughs> what happened? What do you mean? Because um, I grew up Mormon, Mormon and yeah. so you don't drink. And I felt like if alcohol really feel makes me feel better, I'll probably have a problem. So I just uh. never drank. And then she put alcohol in my gateway to eating my feelings food, which is pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was like, well, I'm not gonna not eat the pudding you have to I it's have your gateway to, to not feel your feelings cream it's like a mousse texture i'm gonna i'm gonna what eat. kind of pudding was this it, it, it was, was fucking amazing it was, pudding. <laughs> it was i don't know it was <laughs> rum chata chocolate pudding and a whole thing of whipped cream Shut up. because you know amazing like i tell my kids the only way to get rid of peer pressure is to give in because i'm a good mom <laughs> yeah, so, yeah that's, um, good. that's good i was making all these pudding shots and i made her put them in the little cups because <laughs> i'm an asshole and i'm like look no 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 i need you to do this for me because you know making pudding is so hard and intensive labor right so i had her spooning so, it in and then i was like, licking the bowl texture oh my God. look at it <laughs> It's amazing. So what did you think about alcohol? I was like, I don't feel anything. She's like, then you should eat another. And <laughs> so that is the most brilliant way to talk about alcohol. I'm, I got to be over by the end. I don't feel anything is the first time I ever got drunk. I was with Alan Rieger and came in Lazara. And we were drinking Natty Lights in the back lot behind his house. You've heard this story before, Halston. I've heard this, told the this story before. <laughs> And Mrs. Rieger pulled us into the kitchen, sat us down in their kitchen, and then dumped all the beers onto the table and said, boys, what are these? 
And I, my brain said, I know we're supposed to be freaked out right now, but I feel perfect. <laughs> and I went, I think I just found my best friend. Yeah. See, oh, I didn't take that. Yeah. My, the first time I got drunk, it was off of gin. Still can't. Fuck. Yeah. Still right? cannot stand this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> still can't stand the smell of Christmas trees. It was trees. still in the bathtub. Christmas so. trees? Yeah. It smells like Christmas trees to me. Gin? It's gin. Uh, juniper. It's, ugh. Juniper. Oh, yeah. got it. And got I got it. so drunk and some, they just bought a new puppy it was my friend's house so i went outside to puke and the puppy followed me oh no and it was licking my face while i was vomiting oh no and i turned and i go no puppy and i vomited all over the puppy and i didn't tell anyone and i left and the next day they're like man we don't know what the puppy got into it rolled in something (laughs) (laughs) so that was my first time oh my god first time i got drunk i was drinking um uh, country quencher. Johnson was no, shut up. <laughs> I was drinking country quencher. Boone's Farm. Boone's, I've Boone's Farm. My, you'd like Boone's Farm. We'll have to do it's that. It's like one too. eating a we'll popsicle, right? It is like it's an a alcoholic popsicle, popsicle melted. Southern Comfort's got that. Southern Comfort's got that where you don't realize what you're doing until it's too late. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, this is more than I wanted. Uh-huh. See, that's what I was trying not to get to because I had... She had one. I, I, no, one I did not. Pop? And then I had to go to the comedy store. So it was great. Oh, they're so strict too about drugs and alcohol. Oh, there. I know. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I stay away from that place when I'm trying to be sober. <laughs> right? God. No, but I was like, I'm going to be responsible. And then I was like, guys, I don't feel anything. And they were like, your eyes don't look like you don't feel anything. Thing. oh yeah yeah can i can i start i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you guys to be for a second can i start a conversation that i'd like you guys to carry on oh today in spin class uh my spin teacher was saying something to the effect of negative thoughts negative thoughts negative conversations you have with yourself you know when we talk about eating our feelings away or or drinking our feelings away those negative thoughts and i had an, a, a tad bit of an epiphany of I wouldn't be friends with myself. My fr- if my inner thoughts were my brain, <laughs> it w- my brain was a real person. Like I wouldn't be friends yourself? with. I would not be friends with me. Yeah. I w- I would not like the way I talk to me. I don't like the way I treat me, and I don't like the things I think about myself. And then I said, "How do I get away from that?" Because like my friends are much nicer than I am to myself. Yes. So I'll let you guys go from there, but I want to hear. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna sit and listen. Are you gonna sit and listen? Because I'm. I'm a, I'm a little blown away, and I don't know how to fix it, and I don't know how to correct it. But I know that it's. I know that it's a problem. I laid in bed, fighting with myself this morning, and then and coming up with a movie idea. But fighting with myself. <laughs> but that was and and I was like and then in spin class I'm still fighting with myself and then I heard the guy go. You don't have to have negative thoughts. I was like, I definitely would not fucking be friends with myself. I would. I would because I would be like, I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> like she, all the negative. I'd be like, you are correct. Yeah. Can I have some more? You are correct. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I feed myself off the negative, but I exude the motherly. Like I will be the first person to hug you. I'll the per- be the first person to talk you up. Same with massage. I'll be the. I want to make everyone feel better, which is same with comedy. I want everyone to feel better, but I like all the negative in me. That's. I feel like if I keep it in me, and I just think about it in me, then everybody else will be happy, and I'm okay. Like I can live with that. That's not healthy. It's no, not. It's like, massively it was, not healthy. That's no. way not healthy. Joy. And we'll hide all those because yeah, like all of those are just 
yeah, I like, I can't, like, you saw me. You're like, oh my God, those are amazing. And I was like, yeah, no, I just wanted to show you. Like, that's yeah, all. Yeah. Like, I can't. And then anytime I get off stage and everybody's like, that joke is funny. Or same with, like, Emily was saying, um, you know, people, you'll be talking to people and I'll just be talking. Cause, like, at one point, I tell people that, you know, John and I have a pact that whoever files for a divorce first has to take the kids. Uh-huh. So my marriage is solid. Right, right. And um, <laughs> nobody wants them. Um, <laughs> and um, everybody's like, have you ever said that on stage? And I'm like, no, that's just me. But, you know, they're like, oh, that's funny. And I can't handle that. Why? Like, I don't know. You can't handle someone saying, oh, that's funny? No, and I don't like praise. I absolutely I hate, hate praise. praise. Oh, I hate praise. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I should have never been a part of this. By the way, the um, the tables in the back of the car, like what? The, the massage tables in the back of the car. Oh my god, you're! I'm gonna leave. <laughs> what you did to my shins really opened them up, and they felt fucking good. Amazing. I I would love to have you come back and give me a massage again. You did a great fucking job. Hell yeah! Nice. I'm leave you guys uh, with the ugly voices in my head. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Have fun with those guys. Uh, we gotta buy a car today. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, he's so funny. He does do that to himself. It's very punitive. You know, I have a different belief system, I think. I used to be that way a long time ago when I was young. And then I thought to myself, how would I talk to my, my five-year-old self? Mm-hmm. Then why aren't I talking to my adult self the same way? Not like, but caring and forgiving and and complimentary because I would do that for any five-year-old. Well, why wouldn't I do that for myself? Sometimes I think in order to be able to receive from the universe, you have to own what you have Mm. to say, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six books. I own that. Right. I did that. Give me more. And to say, don't look at that. I don't want to see that. Then then the universe goes, oh, well, she's not interested in that. Okay, well, maybe she doesn't want to do that. And then you have to fight through that. I think if you open yourself up and you go, no, this, not in an ego way, but in an honest ownership way. I, I moved to L.A. by myself a year ago. I, I have a plan and I did that. And to own that. I'm not a Scientologist. But I did go to a school that the teacher was Scientologist. Hardcore Scientologist. And I learned so much from that time. He used to say, if you don't celebrate, really celebrate, then then you, it's harder for the universe to continue to give. So you say... I have, I should have a glass of wine because I finished my next book. I don't mean like a ticker tape parade, but I mean like an inside celebration of who you are and to say, I'll take the praise, not from an egotistical place, but from another way of that five-year-old hearing that was really awesome. That was really awesome. So that you can receive more Uh because I think that's how, I think that's how, the flow builds, right? I think we were trying to buy this car. Bert wanted this Escalade. I was like, I don't really think we need to spend that much money on a car. I don't really need that car. I don't have a problem with this car. But I kept going, no, I want this this car. I want it in this color. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Couldn't find it. Hired a broker. She found it. 
the car got traded before we could finish the paperwork. Lost that car. So we fired her. And then we went back and hired her again. And then you found another car, same color, everything you wanted. On our way to pick it up, they sold it. Mm-hmm. So I, my brain goes, this is not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. This is not the right car. We are not in the flow, mm-hmm. right? Life should flow. Doesn't mean that it's not hard, but it you should see the progression and and ask for more of that, please. May I have more of that, please? More flow, right. mm-hmm. more flow. And I think for me anyway, when I was in all that punitive negative talk, I was so punitive, mean to myself. You know, you're so fat, blah blah blah. And I'm like, I've weighed a hundred pounds. You know, I was <laughs> stuff that doesn't even make sense. But I beat myself up so much. I really think it blocked my ability to flow, that it stopped my flow. But that's just my opinion. I think some people do feed on negative talk, that that motivates them to do more. You know, you didn't meet the mark. You better do it this time. I think some people do function that way. Well, that's hard for me to, I don't know. Like, okay, the books, for instance, and the comedy. Okay, first of all, Joy wrote a bunch of books. (laughs) There's six here. Is this all you've written? Well, uh, I've ghostwritten a lot of books. You have? other people. This is amazing. But, I mean, I have to sign non-disclosure agreements. So, yeah, those are gone. And then I wrote a really, really dirty book under a different name. Dirty how? It's very... Like sexy dirty? It's erotic, yeah. Oh, how cool is that? It's sexy lesbians. It was a bet, and I did it, and I I guess I won. I don't know. I bet a lot of people won. (laughs) That's the funny thing about reading, my like, Joy's books as her friend, is like, now I get to know what, like, gets my friend hot. (laughs) There you go. Okay. But that's another thing, like, like, breaking faith, for instance, it's about a girl who was in a very abusive relationship. Yeah. So that was me. Her name was Faith. Um, I'm Joy. And so I gave pieces of myself to that book. Sure. And I had decided because I felt a lot of that abuse that my ex-boyfriend used to put on me was holding me back. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to carry it any longer. So I gave it to Faith and I made her strong enough to hold it. And then I gave her a really sexy rock star to have sex with (laughs) and they get married and they have baby. So I gave that to her and then I was like, okay, that's no longer my past. I don't want it anymore. Right. But then also now that when people are like, I want to read your books, I don't want them to because I'm like, that's me. Right. Like that is my past and that is stuff that I, because I was never going to publish it. Right. And it just kind of snowballed and got published. And same with comedy. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I have a hard time when people are like, that's really funny because that's that's my Part life. You. So and, interesting. So you have a need to be seen but don't want to be seen. Yes. That's such a dichotomy. How do you <laughs> fix it? Not do you need to fix it, but how do you balance that? Because you have to you have to be seen as a comic. Right. Right. I, how do you I fix that? I, I mean, don't remember which comedian said it, but they said a lot of comedians are site-specific extroverts. Not all, uh-huh. but a lot of them. And so a lot of the times when you meet comedians, they're very introverted yeah. and pensive people. Um, and there, there's just some compulsion mm. in us where we're like, I want to do this. I, For me, it's more about being on stage and creating something and wanting to do that as opposed to people seeing me because the same thing I 
I, I hate praise. I don't do well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really hard on myself mm-hmm. in my head. Um, and I, I personally feel like there, there's something, there's the preoccupation for me that if I were nicer to myself, I wouldn't get as much done. Interesting. That's interesting. I wonder, you know, that's so fascinating. We are all, uh, we all, I think, try to stay in our comfort zone Mm -hmm. as a human nature, right? You don't want to get out of your comfort zone. See, I'm never comfortable. (laughs) But that's (laughs) your comfort zone. Yeah. But that's your comfort zone to say, I'm never comfortable. And that's me. Like, it's funny because I was massaging a patient and I was telling her all these things that I've been doing lately that are just so silly and like I will walk in and tell Emily I'm like don't let me talk anymore (laughs) please don't because I'll just things come out and I will make things so awkward and I'm like why (laughs) did you let me talk and (laughs) my patient was like but that's you yeah yeah. and you have to start owning your awkward anxiety yes exactly and I that was about a week ago and I'm I'm trying (laughs) it's very hard because like I will walk in a room and in my head I'm like, don't be joy, don't be joy, be anybody oh my but gosh. joy. You should just be. Let's be all of joy. And that's and you know and like silly. I name dropping Mazda Brani. Mm-hmm. I was massaging him and I was being really good. Like we were having a full on nice conversation because when it gets to medical or books or comedy, like if I'm knowledgeable about it, I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was massaging him and I hit a knot and I was working on it. And he goes, I love you, joy. And I go, I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) And in my head, I'm like, ah, you were joy. You were joy. And then Judd Apatow looked at me and kind of like laughed. And I was like, oh, that was witnessed by people. Okay. And I'm trying to own like, okay, that's just who I am. And that's really hard. (laughs) Well, but the thing is, um, I don't really want to go on to, to, to a comedy show and watch me, mm-hmm. just a regular, ordinary person. I want to go and see someone who is quirky and different and struggles and struggles out loud and then lets me sit quietly with my struggle and go, huh, I kind of do that too. Right. I mean, that's part of what the being seen piece that's important is that the thing is too, I think, um, I think that shrinking right Mm -hmm. shrinking doesn't serve the world right you're not put here to shrink right you're put here to grow so if you keep pushing yourself down and saying yeah don't look at those books or yeah i can't believe i just said that you're you're (laughs) continually pushing yourself down right when god put you here to grow and in being who you are you inspire other people to be who they are right and we're all supposed to be different I know I got to a certain point, a long time I tried to lose my Southern accent for a long, long time. And I got to a certain point and I went, why am I doing that? Right. This is actually, I'm not even putting on myself. This is how I talk. Right. So why am I trying to change this fundamental piece of who I am? It's not just how I talk, but the language I talk. Like I call my kids, they wear britches. They don't wear pants. Why do I keep trying to say pants is it because i need to fit in why can't i just be myself right and then have if you don't like me as this 
then we're not meant to be friends. See, that's hard. That's it, hard for me because I want everyone to like me. And uh, just, that is hard. It's so hard. And then like when Emily was talking about all of her stuff, I'm quite, I'm like in my head going, how can I make her laugh right now? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right, I right. want, you know, she's crying and I'm like, yeah. I have to fix this. Like I'm the fixer. So she's crying and I'm like, okay, I have to say something inappropriate, you know, <laughs> and then Bert comes along flashes and flashes and I'm like, that was what I go That's to. That's what we needed. I was going to show my boobs just now, you know, like. <laughs> we can all show our boobs. Yeah. There you go. Stop um, crying. Nobody's crying. There's no crying in Joy's world. Aww. Like, you know, like everybody has to be happy. But crying is good. Crying is good. Crying's is, healthy. I know, but I just, I don't she know. She just feels so much. Yeah. For the people she cares about. I could see that. Yeah. yeah like, I could see how you may be a bit of an empath. Just a little. Yeah. Just so tiny. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I it's, love watching her face when she's massaging. Yeah. <laughs> because when she'll find something, it's like she knows that thing is what's been hurting that person. Right. And she'll get a sad face and she'll, she'll make this face Aww. where she's so upset for them. Uh-huh. And it's... It's the cutest thing where I'm just like, oh, she's momming. <laughs> she found it. Yeah. She found it. I know she found something good because she'll just get really sad for a second. Aww. And then like, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. That's me. I'm the fixer. Like, but I can fix everyone else. And I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're better than you think. Maybe. I think you probably are a lot better than you think. Well, yeah. I think she catastrophizes really quickly. Uh, that is <laughs> maybe a comic every, trait. As soon as, soon as so, like <laughs> something didn't go well or she thinks she joyed too much, she'll go, they hate me. They hate me. And I'm like, nobody hates you. Everybody hates joy. me. So have you talked about joying too much? <laughs> no, I haven't. You should totally do a bit about joyful, joyness, the joy. I've been joyed. <laughs> I'm joined now. We are now. You have been joyed. I hope you enjoy the joy. You should totally riff on that because that's really funny. I would think that's really funny because I'd go, oh my God, I'd do at least 80% of what she just said. That's hysterical. And, and we actually, she'll, we say that. So, so I'll do something and she go, oh, you just joyed right now. Yeah. You should totally talk about joyed. that on stage because... Because then that gives the audience something to hold on to. And they'll go home and they go, oh, you just joyed. You yeah. joyed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to fix you. <laughs> yeah. I'm the fixer. I'm going to insert joy everywhere <laughs> in your life. If I was a man, uh, right? <laughs> it would be inserting everywhere. Joy injection in every orifice for <laughs> oh, you. However. Here's my joystick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. really funny. <laughs> It's so good. I don't have a joystick. I oh, <laughs> so bad. <gasps> oh you my hump goodness! The air too much. I you do. Don't have one. You hump the air all the time. Yeah, I it's so good. I have sex with the air a lot. You do? Yeah. <laughs> and for what purpose? I don't know. Like for joy? Just joy. Because yeah, I'm like you know, I'll just be all uh uh, and oh, then got it, got Polly Shore will walk by and run away. I've scared Polly Shore. Oh, that's, that's pretty hard. To that's do. where she goes. She's like, oh, he hates me. He's terrified of me. And I'm yeah. like, it's. Polly sure I'm pretty sure he's seen some mucky shit yeah probably so. yeah probably much worse <laughs> probably much worse but he walked away pretty fast <laughs> he walks away pretty fast all the time yeah so these books on the table they mm-hmm. look um like shadowy and <laughs> kind of spooky are they are they thriller 
No, that one, uh, that one I made, Transparent, I made the cover of, obviously. I'm not a cover designer. Um, that one actually is the funniest book I've ever written. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's about a girl who falls in love with a 19th century ghost in modern time. And it's kind of like Dorian Gray-esque. And he gets stuck to this painting and he's completely invisible. And then as their relationship evolves, he becomes less transparent. And as his feelings become more transparent Ah. and it's super, it's actually super funny. I, yeah. And then the breaking faith, the surviving faith and the becoming faith are faith's journey in finding kill the lead singer of the jackholes. And then Balk is also funny. They're all funny. I mean, I try it. Like, I would imagine. I have to put some spin on it, I think. And yeah. Balk so is her cool. uh, baseball book. Yeah, it's my softball book. Yeah. Oh, you so play softball? softball? I played softball a little bit, but I wasn't good at it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Why did you write a book about softball? Um, I just liked, I needed something where they had to be a part. So he, she was in love with him from the beginning, like junior high, he was a major league pitcher and then he breaks his arm and while he's healing, he goes and helps his old pitching coach and she's on that team in college. So they're technically because he's the coach, she's the player, they're not supposed to be together. So I wanted that where they couldn't be together. So I'm a very slow burn Mm -hmm. All of my romances, they get to know each other before they even kiss. Like the first book, Breaking Faith, they don't kiss till the very end of the book. Wow. So I keep, I'm that person. So I needed a way for them to become friends because I'm... She's a tease. I am a tease. Ah. That was my nickname in high school. No, I'm kidding. Um, And so I like the slow burn, but I also like the dialogue. I like you to get... They're all people. Right. You know, every character has something in them. So I just wanted you to get the dialogue before you got the sex got it that's cool Mm -hmm. should be really proud of yourself you wrote a bunch of books Mm -hmm. that's when do you do that at night (laughs) do you sleep ever no yeah the bags under my eyes but you know and then the three boys and then the comedy and the massage and the podcast and whatever everything else everything else i'm like (laughs) thankfully i met emily because i a lot of stuff off on her now i'm like you do that now (laughs) (laughs) well the lesson here is for people who are listening if you don't think you have time to write a book you're wrong that's so true (laughs) you're absolutely wrong because if you wrote i see six here Mm -hmm. i have a feeling that's not you just said you ghost written Mm -hmm. and you have another book that's really erotic so clearly if you are pursuing a career as a stand-up have a job as a massage therapist are the mom of three boys mm-hmm. married and you can write these books then anybody who's thinking about writing a book can write a book very true mm-hmm. I- including me and they'd probably <laughs> be better so i highly doubt that <laughs> don't see why'd you do that i don't know <laughs> i had to let it go that's not good it has to go out yeah that's amazing uh, it's really impressive thank you it really is very impressive yeah. Yeah. So where can people buy these books? Um, every They're on Kindle. And you can buy them all online. The Kindle app, the Nook app, the Kobo. Um, or you can, you can also go on Amazon and get them in paperback. Or you can send them to me and I will sign them and send them back, which I'm really bad at doing. Sorry, people who I owe books to. So, well, <laughs> I will put a link 
Okay. On my website. Okay. I have books that I read. Okay. And I'll see if I can read one. I have, I'm backlogged. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be reading two books for this <laughs> podcast, and I have, I'm in page like 20 of one. Yeah. So yeah. later, I'll, that, I'll yeah. read a book. But I would love to read one, because okay. it's amazing to read something someone you know has written. Right. You know? But, yeah. You're a writer. Like, you you actually know what to do. See, now she's spiraling. Yeah. <laughs> can't catch your breath. Don't do that. There's all different Playing types of fingers. writing. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The worst writer I know is Burt Kreischer. Aww. He wrote his book. and he I would, was just looking he at would, it. He would give me a chapter, and I would go, are you kidding me? Yeah. How did you graduate college with a degree in creative writing? This is the worst sentence structure I have ever seen. The story amazing right. sentence structure horrific <laughs> so i would like okay we got to fix this sentence structure i think this is what you're trying to say yeah yeah that's it that's it but Aww. you don't have to be a good writer to be a good writer right Make sense that's so true he's an amazing storyteller I an know. editor can fix all that shit so yeah i throw commas in like glitter at a gay parade (laughs) (laughs) my editor's like why so many commas i'm like i don't know because they're necessary they're pretty they i thought they're pretty i made them bling i blinged out the sentence i don't know there was a rhyme in fourth grade and (laughs) i thought it went there i don't know know. right (laughs) yeah a comma helps you understand a person's pacing when speaking exactly yes it helps commas are very important i think for performers too like people uh, we feel like we have to show where the beats are yeah Yeah. and so that's where we throw more punctuation in Uh Or um, because I, I've written, I've not written books, but um, like shows for theater and everything. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop myself from putting in beat because I was telling the performers how to act. And I'm like, that's not my job. I'm just supposed to write it. Let them figure it out. But (laughs) you just want to control it so much because you're like, this is how I meant it. And this Uh is how I would do it. Well, you see it, right? You see it in your brain. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I did that too. When I was writing one acts when I was in New York, I'd say beat. Yeah. Beat. Beat. Sigh. Laugh. Beat. And I had to stop doing that too. Yeah. I, I'm not really big on giving like stage direction. Right. I, I like to let that be organic, but because I find the words mm-hmm. so important, mm-hmm. I would want to like micromanage the hell out of how they would say it. And I was like, no, just leave it. Leave it alone. <laughs> That's <laughs> a really hard out. thing to let go of, I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had one script that got made into a movie. And when I watched the movie, I was horrified. <laughs> I was like, I can't even believe they've changed the age of people, which was important to the telling of the story. Now the story doesn't make sense because this character's older. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, who are these two people that showed up that I never right. wrote a single, these, who are these two people? They have no relevance to the storytelling at all. <laughs> yeah. They're just pure exposition. And I was just like, I don't know if I can actually do that anymore to be able to have a baby yeah. and give it yes. to somebody and have them change that baby entirely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too is I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it, but like if my kids do something weird, mm-hmm. it's because of their dad. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's John. That's all John. <laughs> the books, there's no dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm the mom and the dad, so if the books do something weird, I have to take complete con- like that's mine. Yeah. And that's hard, but I don't know. Like you said, you had 
to see the book in a movie, that is one of my bigger dreams. Because I think, like, to see the jackholes or to see tra- Transparent would actually be a really good movie. Because, um, you know, you have the ghost aspect. We're, yeah. We're, and, we're trying to work it on a, a yeah. presentation. But that. to awesome. see that yeah. in a movie would just be so cool but then you're right i would probably be like no no i didn't write those i didn't write those yeah yeah Yeah. it's really hard to process i mean we weren't involved in the shooting at all we saw the finished product and i just about died i think Mm -hmm. i was depressed for like three weeks i think that's the hard thing disappointed i think that's the hard thing about movies is because the creator generally has so much less control Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a tv series or something like that where you're you're needed you're a part of it you're running a room and with movies you just kind of have to go i guess yeah you hand it over yeah or with theater where people can like license the show Mm -hmm. and then just do whatever they want with it do with it what they will yeah it is hard to process without your baby they'd have nothing to do right so you feel like shouldn't you at least ask me (laughs) shouldn't you at least say hey what do you think if we put these two random police officers in here that have nothing to do with anything and i would have said you're a fucking idiot no girl i don't want my baby to be mormon you need to stop exactly right Come on. I'm clearly Southern Baptist, which is almost the same, but not. <laughs> it's almost Scientology. Almost the same. Not. So, There's um, a lot more speaking in tongues. But. Exactly. And we do handle snakes. I was just going to say pretty snakes. fascinating, the snake handling. Actually, my church didn't handle snakes, but there was a church close by that did. Which, by the way, makes absolutely no sense to any human walking this planet. I agree. Because it's like, do you, do you ever see the movie Flash Gordon? Long no. time ago. Oh, there's this part in Flash Gordon where you, quote, prove your manhood by sticking your hand in this big stump that has a bunch of holes in it and there's some animal in there. And if the animal stings you, you weren't meant to be a man because you fucking die. Right. And it's the same with handling snakes. If the snake bites you, God will take care of it. Right, right. And if you live, then you were supposed to live. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's the stupidest thing uh-huh. I've ever <laughs> And I, you know God's like, yeah, just you just go. God, just yeah, yeah, I know, right? I, you know I, I, I'm going to turn my one. head. Uh, God's going, I did not create this. Right. Just <laughs> FYI, this was not my doing. And the snakes are going, what the hell? No. I know, right? <laughs> some egotistical asshole in some uh, hillbilly town decided... Mm-hmm. That handling snakes was some proof of God. I bet it was one guy that had like a talent for snake handling. He's like, you know what? I want to do this in front of more people. Right? I'm thinking Jesus helped me do it. Right? How do we make money at this? He got bit by a garden snake and he was like, oh. Didn't realize there was different kinds of snakes. No, they do it with rattlesnakes. I know. It's all rattlesnakes. That's the thing out here is we don't have poisonous things back home it's too damn cold yeah, right they no because we would we die of the cold not of well i mean we have moose but there's like generally we don't die of animals um you have bears right eh, we do I, I come from like this peninsula mm-hmm. and so we're barely attached oh, so not so many. Sort, of. Yeah. sort of yeah um but out here every time i see a spider i'm like is that one is that one is that- i don't know i don't even know they have a thing on their back i don't i'm not getting close enough to see its back <laughs> do you not have spiders in nova scotia we have spiders but they like they don't do anything nothing's poisonous no nothing's poisonous nothing makes you sick they're just we're there. not in australia well, yeah. I, I was just thinking that right. i went to australia with bert and they were like this snake when it bites you your blood turns into jello and i was right. like what 
why are you we thought alive? a rattlesnake was bad right? i mean they're like you'll be dead in three minutes yeah. really inside out. yeah uh, uh, yeah and the spiders over there <laughs> they're like the size of a of a like volkswagen yeah they're huge and they're poisonous yeah they're very poisonous no but out here every it's or there's different plants and stuff like isabel and i will be walking down the street and she'll go what kind of tree is that and i was like i don't know just keep walking don't touch it i don't know what it does how <laughs> funny because when i was here i was like I never had an Instagram until I uh, was moving out here because we just didn't need it for anything. And so I went to go take a picture next to a tree and I was like, I'm going to pretend to be an Instagram model. It's going to be really funny post. And I did some weird hand motion toward the tree and there was just brickers all in my arm. Oh. And I was like, what is this evil tree? Oh my gosh, how crazy. <laughs> it was awful. I was like, I don't, why does everything hate everything here? Americans are so violent. Even their plants <laughs> attack you. <laughs> <laughs> that's Aww. pretty funny well that might be sort of true but uh, <laughs> what can we do i'd like to joke because my mom is american like most of the time i'm just like i'm canadian but every once in a while there's just like this evil it's like in a, an old like 80s movie where there's a robot and then like the evil guy jumps in and the robot like changes colors of their lights and everything and it's a it's a bad robot now yeah yeah that's kind of what being like half american is like like really? most of the time it's like it's super great and then every once in a while robin that's also my mom's name it's completely unrelated <laughs> jumps too. into my chest and i'm just like i hate everything and <laughs> just for a little while you just you just like american up for a minute yeah or it's yeah. just like somebody cut you in line that bitch has got to get hit and then right? you're just like, no 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 it's fine i'm sorry i'm sorry i was in the way i shouldn't have been in the line first i'm sorry <laughs> that's her joy <laughs> yeah but i want oh. it <laughs> you just joyed them yeah you just i joyed. have the impulse <laughs> where it's just like this is going on youtube and then i'm like no i'm sorry i'm gonna i'll just walk over there i'm sorry i shouldn't be in the store I, i'm gonna go home Bye. you know heavenly father will take it <laughs> <laughs> jesus loves you yes. that's all i know exactly <laughs> just like me instagramming that lady at starbucks i'm like i'm probably going to end up having to delete that but i just right realized now, that just for a minute <laughs> so and i really do hope santa brings her headphones i hope like. she does too because that sounds pretty dang rude <laughs> something else um so how often do you guys go up at the store <laughs> uh, we try uh every week um we're not we're not passed by Adam yet. Okay. And so we don't get guaranteed stage time. Okay. Um, but if the door guys like us, they let yeah. us up. Like my whole thing is who does John have to blow for me to get up on stage? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. He's supportive. Mama's not doing it. <laughs> so do you uh, do stand up anywhere else? Yes. Where? Yes. Um, we've done it. Let's see. There's Cabo Wabo, which is an open mic. Um, but we get on pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, Universal Bar and Grill, Let's see Sycamore Tavern. We've actually done we've shows. we've run our own shows at Sycamore. Oh, okay, I say we, but at, it's uh, the dojo. Uh, Joy did a live version of the podcast mm -hmm. there. Uh, we call it Quickies, and it was really great and That's fun. Cool. It was so much fun. That's and, really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're hoping to to do that more. Yeah, and run our own. It's fun. We have a, a game show that we run um, huh. where comedians are given tasks hard tasks hard tasks like what like math no like building a damn robot building a robot oh kit. that is a hard task it, it said age eight on the package i didn't know uh and then there are other comedians there that are meant to heckle 
And then in order to get the tools um, and helps that they need to be able to complete the task, they have to answer trivia questions. Oh. And to build a robot. And she didn't give us screwdrivers. Yeah. I'm still... They had to answer oh a question. And uh, the one who answered the question right got the screwdriver and the other two got butter knives. Oh, my God. It, yeah. That's pretty funny. I wasn't happy. They, <laughs> like, she's still not living that one day. It was fun for everyone else in the audience. Well, she was supposed to be a heckler. And then one of the... Um, contestants won help from um, either a heckler or an audience member and she said well can I just switch out with one of them and that was not even a consideration in the rules so we were like sure and she's like okay Joy your turn and Joy was like what I'm supposed to fuck (laughs) Ah! (laughs) so you got to and everybody else was like 20 minutes in she hadn't done anything and i'm all (laughs) she just stood and was pretty for 20 minutes so So did you give them instruction manuals or they just had figured out they well that was one of the things they could win was the instructions Ah, Um, in spanish in spanish well the first time it was you could get them in spanish and then the second time was you could get them in english because i'm evil and i thought they were going to be way easier because it said it was for eight-year-olds there's some pretty sophisticated eight-year-olds in this yeah, world. I did, yeah, I I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't met too many Californian uh, eight-year-olds. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, not versed in that, are you not? No, no. I was like, oh, this will be fine. This will be fine. I, and then everybody was like, oh, my God, why, why, why? And I was like, oh, maybe this was a poor decision. <laughs> Usually comics, I think, are very verbal people. Yeah. yeah. Which is not the same as very visual or spatial, which is what it would probably take. To build yeah. a robot. That's pretty <laughs> funny. That's pretty funny. It was fun. Like both of the shows were, everybody was like, that was too, that was fun. So yeah, yeah just anywhere they give us the magic talking stick, we will get up on stage. That's so cool. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see where these, these paths lead. It'll be fun. Oh, Together it's, and separately. It's going to be kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's really great. It's going to be amazing. Thanks. It was a fun first year in California. Yay. It was? Yeah. It I'm was glad to good. hear that. And I wouldn't be able to do it without her. Yay. And you met where? At the store? At, At the, the store. store. You did. She looked like she looked like she needed a hug. So Aww. I went and gave her a hug. And I Aww. did. <laughs> did you need a hug? I did. I was here all by myself. I'd been here for like a month and a half. And I was like, physical contact. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know I needed this. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you need till you get it. Exactly. Right? Well, thanks for coming and talking to me. Thanks for inviting me. It was really fun. It was fun. And I'm going to put a link to your books on my website. That'll be fun. Okay. That'll be great. You don't have to. So read them (laughs) and come find you guys. How do they find you? Um, I'm on everything as Emma Lee Rivera. It's E M M A L E I G H Rivera. Um, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I guess Facebook friend me. I don't know what you guys do out here. <laughs> I don't know uh, either. But um, yeah. And uh, Happy Endings with Joy Eileen is Massage Cast on Instagram. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And then Instagram is Joy Eileen, J O Y E I L E E N, 84. Instagram, Twitter's Hey, It's Me Joy. So yeah, anywhere there. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Yay. Thank you. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think that we should get together and